Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. I'm Via Williams. I'm Sarah Reynolds. And I'm Wendy Papazian. And today we're going to talk about how the four of us won the pandemic. Well, no, not really. <laughs> but if, if, you'll, if you'll recall, uh, a couple of weeks into the pandemic, Via announced that she was declaratively going to win the pandemic. And I think we all kind of jumped on her bandwagon. We did. Mm-hmm. We okay, jumped. well, what I actually say, <laughs> the real quote was, I said, this is what I know. This is my first ever global pandemic and I am going to win it. That's yeah. true. And well, then and we I, decided that instead of it being a pandemic, it was going to be a windemic. That's right. I remember. That yep. was yes. Wendy. That yep. was good. Yep. Yeah. It's a windemic. I love yep. that we all get credit for Wendy's wordsmith. I do. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Yay. Yes. Yes. Well, and and although we haven't received anything official from anyone of importance, um, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I do believe that the four of us, in our own special ways, have won the pandemic. That's and right. So Absolutely. today, um, we're going to be talking about lessons learned from the pandemic, lessons learned from the year, and uh, I hope you guys will really enjoy it. So, my first lesson learned is uh, is pan perdu. Do you guys know what that is? No, no. I know from French class. Okay, but... tell us. What is well, it? so if I'm remembering correctly, pen perdu is meaning like like bread that was lost. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. And it's actually I love pen perdu because it's um it's what you make of like leftover bread, and so. Mm-hmm. Like mm. one of my favorite things is actually like a stale baguette can be turned into the most amazing French toast. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah. so pan perdu is actually what you take over like the spoils or leftovers or things that normally would be seen by somebody else as bad, but you turn it into something delicious and amazing. Yes. So very good. Seychelle. I love you get, that. You totally get a gold star. Wow. And my French minor paying off. <laughs> finally. Yeah. Well, and you I had a and French I, minor. Wow. I know. Well, and Jay is a French French major. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. I yeah. did oh not my know that. No. Yeah, and Jay lived in in France for three years. He did. Wow. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of many interesting things about my I husband. Did not know that. He's one but, of the most. Interesting but he told me about Pan Perdu, and so when we were thinking about things to talk about and lessons learned, I thought about Pan Perdu because uh, what that what we did this year was we took something that was lost, what mm-hmm. we thought was lost. And we turned it into something that was quite delicious. Mm. And so I just love that metaphor of, of taking something that feels hopeless and really turning it around and creating success out of it. So that's really my first I think lesson. that's that's such oh, a beautiful visualization. Wow. Yeah. One of, one of my lessons was similar to that, Wendy, but I think you said it better. Mine was your best laid plans are just that. They're plans. And those are in the future, right? Plans are in the future. And when the current environment or situation changes, um, you must change too. And I love that you're talking about the pen Purdue with that because, you know, it's it's all about, right? You have to then do something with the the spoiled bread, if you will, until, you know, before it really goes bad. And so you have to change fast and uh, you have to do it with firm resolve and decide what you're going to make of it. And, you know, the, the ending of my lesson with that is you're so much more capable than you realize. So good. Mm, I love so that. Good. I love that. So my lesson is is more is both business and uh, personal. So my number one lesson was how much I was saying yes to things mm. that I didn't need to be saying yes to 
One of the things that uh, this pandemic has done is really simplified a lot of our lives. In particular, yeah. I was traveling about every six weeks. Mm. So, and when I was traveling, I was away from my family. I was away from my team family. And just how much time I was, I've was, i been able to spend with my family and with my team family uh, through this pandemic has just been a really big lesson. Now, as, as you know, some were traveling a little bit now, not, not a lot, but I am thinking about it longer. I'm, I'm taking more time before I say yes to something. But how many things that we were saying yes to that we really did not need to be saying yes to because it was mm. actually stealing from the things that matter most. Mm. And for us, what matters most is our family and our uh, team family and our business. Uh, so that was a big lesson for me. Love that. That's beautiful. Well, you know, I love that, Sarah. And it's such a good transition to my number one lesson. And, and I, I can see mine kind of woven into to that a little bit. And mine is going to sound really basic, but priorities come before reactions. And I think that mm. where that came from was chaos requires you to take action, but not to be reactionary. Mm. And so how you can do that mm. is, is that you can be constantly doing what I call triage into what is my priority here? What am I accountable to? What am I ultimately trying to do? What's the outcome I want? You know, what is the priority in this situation? And it's caused me to be very much more laser focused on priorities really in any area that I mm. want to do, which I think kind of plays into that, Sarah, like what, what you were yes. talking about yeah. a little bit, you know, it just, it, it's, it's really about getting crystal clear and simplifying what's important, what you're trying to accomplish in, you know, a situation and 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 then saying no to everything else, right? So. Absolutely. Yep. That's, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So I guess I'm up for lesson number two. And I think for me, lesson number two is to be grateful for the small things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's a practice that I've been that I've had for a long time. And really this pandemic made me so grateful for my family, my home, my job the ability to help other people who needed help during the pandemic. And so, yeah, so that's my lesson number two is if you wake up every day and you're grateful for the small things, then um, nothing else really matters. Yeah. So true. Yep. Mm, I love that's, that. That's awesome. My my number two was don't wait to do the things you've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And be unapologetic on living the life that you want to live, right? I mean, that's that's why we're doing this podcast. This this came about this year. I mean, it's 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 been a huge blessing in my life and and us, you know, we've now been up in Michigan almost 4 months getting ready to come back to Texas. I never Amazing. would tell us that story, Seychelle. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we we flip homes um in Dallas where we live and uh, had a rental that we ended up flipping and selling to one of our, our really dear friends and a team member of ours. And uh, we we had proceeds that we had to figure out what we were going to do with. And, and in any normal year, we would just turn around and buy another rental property. Honestly, that's what we do. That's what we've always done. And we'd had this vision board up in our bathroom forever. And the one picture that I kept moving from year to year to year to year to year, and I'd always just cut it out and move it, was um, a, a lake house because Nick is from Northern Michigan and you know really wanted to be near fresh water. And this year, we kind of looked at each other and said, you know, you've always wanted to have this. You've always wanted to do this. The proceeds from this would allow us to make that happen. Why don't we just go? Let's go. Let's go do it. And um, it, it, it's... 
it's been life-changing. I never ever thought we could pull this off. I never thought we'd be able to do it. And you know, I just I would say that for all of you out there that maybe have things in your life that you move from day to day or week to week or year to year, maybe maybe now is the time to take a look at it and say, why not make a plan to make it happen? Because it's your life. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I love that. you get one. And, and I think the other lesson there is to be ready when opportunities arise. Yes. Right? Yeah, Wendy. Yes. yes. Yep. And jump. Yeah. Yeah. And that life can change at any moment, right? No yes. one knew January 1, 2020, <laughs> that what would be in store. Yes. And right. so I think like jumping on things when they're there and, and not wasting time, you know, and not just waiting and mm-hmm. waiting and keep moving your vision board. Um, mm-hmm. That's an awesome lesson. I love that say. And we could, and we could have made all the excuses too. Like we could yes. have said, well, we're having to completely rebuild our team this year, which we're doing. Well, um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Quinn's school in fall. Well, yeah. we can't do it because of this. We can't do it with that. And, you know, I, I think, I think it's, you guys are so spot on on being able to adapt and adjust and take advantage of the opportunity when it comes. It's huge. Yep. And it's yep. it's never like Sarita said in one of our episodes, right? It's never too late to live your best life. Yes. So what are you going to do that. with yours? I love that. Love it. I love that. Love it. Uh, my second lesson is uh, you can solve any business problem by picking up the phone more. Ah, I love that one of yours. <laughs> I, love it. I would uh, I always pick up the phone with Sarah Colson. Yes. You know <laughs> I, I remember uh the first week, uh my first team meeting uh when the pandemic hit and I got on, I knew that my my job that day was super important because I was speaking mm-hmm. to my team. It felt like almost like state of the union to the country, you know, but to my little country, that's what it felt like. And I they needed <laughs> yeah. to hear from me. Yeah. And so I I just looked them right on the computer. We were all online, and I said, mm-hmm. um, "I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> this is this is <laughs> this pandemic is the first ever that I'm going to lead a business through. <laughs> I, I'm scared too. Like I, I'm all yeah. the emotions that you guys feel. I'm feeling them too. But what I do know mm-hmm. is that our community needs us. Our clients need us. And I do know that every problem can be solved by picking up the phone." So what we're going to do is we're going to pick up the phone more. Um, And we built a a pretty... uh, We already did a lot of calling before, but even at a more high level, all of our agents were online together making calls. I got in there and I was making calls and booking appointments and handling objections. Um, And thankfully, my business, we didn't have a dip. uh, And a lot of it had to do with us getting on the phone quickly. Um, And speed of the leader, speed of the pack. So making sure you're fast. Um, to adjust to picking up the phone. So if you're listening right now and you're struggling, your business is struggling, pick up the phone. Well, I love that. And you know what else it reminds me of, Sarah? And it's not necessarily what I'm about to say isn't one of my top three lessons. I would say it's a mantra. I'd already learned the lesson. And it's it's you always boil down to focusing on what you can control. Yes. And uh-huh. and so to me, you know, at the end of the day, it's sort of like going back to the priorities. Like, you know, it's just, it's a mantra this year. Okay, yes. what can I control in this situation? What's yeah. the one thing I can do to control this and, and move the needle forward or do what I need to do? And I love, you know, getting on the phones is almost always the answer to that in, in a sales or, you know, customer service type of organization. And it's so great, even if you've known, even if you know it and it's been something mm-hmm. you've learned before, I still get surprised by my own yeah. like my, things that you know, and then oh, totally. it actually worked. Like what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, I love you. 
14 <laughs> million so dollars good. in GCI. She's like, what? Calling it's so, so good. good. <laughs> yeah. And, so. and in our world, for all of you listeners who aren't in real estate, when we say GCI, that's really top line revenue. Sarah has just an incredibly impressive, impressive business. I think we're going to okay, hit so, 15, which is just insane, oh, which was not awesome. even the plan. I'm that's blown awesome. away by my team right now. Oh my I'm goodness. Surprised. I'm amazing. blown away by you and your team. And the more I meet your team, I'm more, it's very impressive. You have amazing people. I do. Okay, so my number two lesson um, that I got really early on in this is that the loud is not necessarily the majority. (laughs) So um, I, I do, you know, every everyone's a different type of an empire builder, both here and and in our listenership. And in my world, you know, I lead a lot of people. Um, We have an organization with you know about fifteen hundred real estate agents, and then layered on top of that, I'm in a mortgage title escrow entity. I'm I'm involved in about eleven entities, and so I. I had to learn that it was imperative to kind of control my pacing and the timing of organizational decisions so that I could get enough input from multiple stakeholders. Because what I learned is at first my knee-jerk reaction was someone was loud and in my face and and I was making a reactionary decision, which kind of goes into my number one, Mm -hmm. but I was making a reactionary decision based on a loud voice. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that that there were other voices that might have represented more people in my organization who weren't necessarily speaking up because they were head down working, mm-hmm. focused over here. So mm-hmm. I might have had to go out of my way to seek seek that out. And that, so that may or may not be a takeaway for a lot of people. But, but I think if you do take anything away, it's as a leader, no matter what kind of a leader you are, even as a parent, you know, take the time, pace yourself out. Take, don't... Well... I'll just tell you right now, I'll cut into my number three. Their emergency does not have to be your emergency, which is my number three lesson. But you know, there you go. I spilled the beans. (laughs) But you take take the time out. They go together. together. Take the time to gather input, you know, from multiple people, even if it doesn't come naturally to you, so that you can make the right decision. So Mm -hmm. So Via, it's been awesome for me to watch this actually play out with you in terms Mm -hmm. of practical ways Mm -hmm. for our listeners uh, to do that. Because I think all of us many times will listen to whoever's speaking, right? The most Mm -hmm. in the loudest voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are some practical things Mm -hmm. that you did to make sure that you were hearing from everyone in your organization, not just the loudest voices? Gosh, thank you for asking because it took some um, trial and error to actually figure out how to do that. Yeah. And and it's about getting buy-in, which I work really hard on. I've also heard the term enrolling your people in a concept. But to me, it would be like, Sarah, I know, I want you to know you're heard. I am hearing you loud and clear. I understand that's what you want. I also want you to understand, I need to go talk to other people. This is, this is going to be a process. You might be frustrated at me because we are not going to make a company call on this till probably Monday. And, yeah. and it's Wednesday mm-hmm. or Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I know you want that answer today. But what I do want you to know, Sarah, is I'm going to work on it. I'm going to keep you looped in. And I'm going to keep you apprised of where we are in this and, and that we will come to a decision. And, and no matter what the decision is, I will let you know first. And your, your, and your voice was heard even if we didn't make the decision you wanted. That, that's 99.9% of people that's going to be okay. And yeah. for that 0.1%, you know, you might lose them. That's yeah. a simple way to put it. Yeah, you but know, you I know what that. though, in that in that scenario, I think most people just want to know they've been heard. Yeah, yeah, they do, right? I mean, that's that's really, I think, you know, eighty percent of the time, 
they just want to know that somebody's considering their their side or their opinion or their input yeah. and and by making somebody feel valid and validated and and heard yeah i think that's just a really beautiful yeah. way then to take it and set expectations on what's going to happen next it's really yeah. awesome yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That. So I gave my number three. So I'm, those are my top three. <laughs> so I screwed up the order. Plus you, you, you did kind great. of snuck in you another one. I know. I know. Yeah. Multiple, actually. Multiple sneaks. That's what we're talking about. So yeah, many lessons sneaks. this year. Yeah. So many multiple lessons. <laughs> Leave it to uh, me to screw up our, the framework. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my number three was to have an amazing relationship with your database and your clients. And we we do have a great relationship with our database. We're 86% business by referral. And so I saw this play out where we were reaching out to the people that uh, mean the most to our business and mm-hmm. having everyday conversations with them. And it wasn't weird or uncomfortable. And I also saw it in lots of other industries. So restaurants yes. that had relationships with their mm-hmm. customer base, who had an email list. You know, I think about your dressmaker, Seychelle, who yes. pivoted and made those masks. Mm-hmm. And just your relationship with her was really powerful. And she probably got a lot of mask sales out of it because yep. you're such a good advocate for her. And so just a, just a reminder, in times of crisis, it's good to know who your people are. Mm-hmm. And um, having an ongoing relationship with them is probably one of the most powerful ways to grow your business. Well, so that's perfect. And you segued into mine, which is no one succeeds alone. And we have to give thanks and give grace for the people in our lives, especially this year. Um, And know that everybody is likely doing everything that they can, the best that they can each day. And some days that shows up amazing and some days it doesn't. And so, you know, I I really came to this realization this year on a personal note. I think Wendy handled the business side really well, and I completely agree with her on that. And on the personal side, I had to come to the realization that not everybody is going to do the marathon of life with you. They might just do a couple laps of a sprint, and Mm. that's okay. And so, really learning to, you know, in a previous episode, we did how to evaluate your team members or employees with the green, yellow, and brown. And I I had to learn how to do that with people in my life that I was allowing to either give me energy or take energy and ask, you know, am I getting energy from this relationship? Is this something where I can move a ball forward or help? Or is this something that is completely sucking my energy? And maybe I need to become at peace with letting this relationship maybe turn into a different priority than it's been in the past. Um, one of my favorite thought leaders is Naval Ravikant, and he has mm-hmm. a, a a quote, an expression, a philosophy that I love, and it's play long term games with long term people. Love that, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I it just it's so perfect. I had to interject mm-hmm. in there yes, because uh, because we have yeah. to look for people so who will who will ride the marathon with us. You know yeah. who, mm-hmm. and, and no yeah. one's going to be here forever, but but no. through a long season, the longest mm-hmm. season yeah. you can get. Right, and I think because I like I have um a natural bend towards seeing things in the long term. I mean, we've talked about that on previous podcast episodes. Like I always look at everything very like 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years out that it was hard for me to understand mentally this year and emotionally that some people just aren't going to see the relationships that way. And it made me actually become more fiercely protective of the people in my life that are willing to play the long-term game and want to be in it together. You know, I look Mm -hmm. at some of our team members that have been with us like 11, 14, 18 years. I mean, holy cow, how do we double down on that? And how do we nurture more relationships like that? We look for that. With the people that want to go with us. Yeah. I love that. 
So yeah. that was yeah. that was a big. It was a a painful and important lesson that I I needed to learn this year, and it was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. People good. have cycles and patterns too. You can look at those cycles and patterns. Yes. Do they have long term relationships? That's a good yeah. hiring lesson too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, love that. My third, and I, I, am I last now? Uh, I guess you know, no. it's all weird. Yeah. Or, 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 or do you want to add a sixth? I ruined it. I just put an Adam bomb on the whole thing. Oh, 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 okay. the, hurricane. the hurricane came in. Yeah, the hurricane came in, dropped a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Ask so Cass, so, we have to get copyright now. <laughs> oh, I know, they're going to edit us. <laughs> my last lesson, which is really also, I think, a mix in of bonuses too, but uh, is is leadership and communication goes hand in hand in a crisis. mm -hmm. And if you think you're a good communicator to your team, to your organization, think again Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, during a crisis. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, I thought I had the communication sort of game down with, with my in terms of my leadership with my team. And I quickly pretty pretty early on uh, pretty early on I learned the power of communication more in a crisis. Um, and so communicating to my team, not just once a day, twice a day, three times a day, then taking the communication on a personal level and making sure that we um, are communicating at just a high level during during a crisis. Even if we don't know what to say, just the check-in, mm-hmm. how are you? How are things going? Making sure that they know that they care. But communication for me has been one of my biggest lessons just because I thought I sort of had yeah. it down, to be honest. And then so 2020 hit and I realized, wow, I have a lot of room uh, for improvement. And, and I do know we did do it actually an episode which came through yes. that yes. lesson sort of yes. on communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would highly recommend you go back and uh, listen to that. It's a great episode. And we'll put the reference to that in show notes. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll give you the episode number so you can search it up really easily. I Will think do. that's awesome. Yes. Can I add one more that is more no. of a... Damn. No. But what you can yes. do, you know what you can do, Seychelles, is you told us about your darling daughter's This lessons. is one of hers. Okay. Oh, okay. I, love yes. Yes. I was kidding, okay. by the way. And totally kidding. kidding. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find Via after this episode. I'm going to chat. Totally joking. Uh, no, but we... So I was asking Quinn, our daughter, about... She's six and a half. She'll tell you. I was asking her, you know, what, what lessons she's learned this year. And a couple of weeks ago, she's, we've been taking advantage of, you know, what things can we do up here in Michigan that we can't necessarily do in Texas easily? We live in the city. And so she's been taking horseback riding lessons. Mm-hmm. And she was learning to trot. And she, I don't know where she gets it, but she's rather headstrong. Mm-hmm. And she had a new teacher. And so she convinced her new teacher that um, she could trot on the horse by herself, which in all like admissions, she had never done. But she convinced okay. the teacher she'd done it by herself. <laughs> and <laughs> no idea where she gets that. Yeah. yeah. She's like, oh yeah, I can totally Weird. do that. Weird. Fake it until she makes it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, fake it till you make it, Quinn. Yeah. So first lesson, fake it till you make it. Second lesson is... Or until um, you crack your head open. Yeah, yeah. seriously. So, well, so she was trotting by herself because the instructor thought she could because she had a new instructor. They didn't know she'd never done it by herself. And the horse bent its head down and she flipped over the front of the horse and fell to the ground. And luckily, that's we were wearing scary. helmets. But she, you know, I mean, for a six-year-old, that's that's a huge drop. You know, it's like huge. double your height. And um, for anyone. she cried. Well, really, for anyone. Yeah, I would have cried. Yeah, um, I would have cried. But she she cried and she was angry. And she, you know, we got her out of the arena and we sat her down. And she's like, I'm never going back ever. I'm never going back. And, you know, it was one of those moments as a parent you're keenly aware of where you're like, don't screw this up. Yeah, and it's a moment. It's a moment. It's a moment. And... um. 
I offered to walk her back out in the arena and she didn't want to go back out. And so finally, she she decided that not only did she not want me to walk her out there because that would make her look like a baby, but she wanted to go by herself and she got back on the horse. And the lesson that she wants to pass along to you guys is, is that you always got to hold on to the reins or you're going to fall off of your horse. And when you mm. fall off, you better get back on. Mm. And if you get back on, she wants you to know that you're going to get double dessert. So that is cool. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> so many good lessons there. Okay, can, I, can so I just throw in... Can I throw in an awesome like an kid lesson? Yeah. Yes. No, I want to throw it. in a kid one really quick because <laughs> yeah. I love the yes. I love the Quinn one. So I texted my boys um, earlier this morning uh, when we started talking about it, and I said, "What lessons have you guys learned during COVID?" So Aiden gives yeah. me this, you know, whatever. Michael drops this brilliant bomb. Do you want to know what his is? Yes, of course. Don't sleep. It was don't sleep in. So I go, well, Ooh. okay, Michael, that's interesting. Tell me more. And he mm-hmm. said, well, I mean, I could generalize that. But what I mean is you should have a rigorous sleep and waking schedule. Otherwise, you're just purposely wandering around and you'll be miserable and unproductive. Wow. wow. And I was like, that's actually super brilliant right now. For I think that totally validates home. you as a mom. You are an incredible person. Oh, that's no. awesome. That's not You, won. Me, you just won the pandemic. In. You just won. <laughs> I know. You just won. <laughs> don't sleep in. I thought that was really smart. You won the mom-demic is, is what you did. The mom-demic. Yes. I, I won-demic the mom-demic. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I didn't ask my kids about what their lessons learned were, but I know if I asked my 14-year-old daughter who I'm homeschooling, she would say that one of the lessons that she's learned from the pandemic is that her mother is horrible at homeschooling. So... <laughs> There and you leverage go. is important. Amen, and leverage is important. Yeah. yeah. Tutors are worth I know. every dollar yeah. that they make. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know some of you, some of you people out there can relate. So yeah. Via, do you have a, like a couple more lessons you want to throw in? <laughs> Otherwise, I'll wrap. I'm, I'm good. The Via show's over. <laughs> yes. Thank you for asking though, Wendy. Of course. <laughs> my, my, my pleasure. My pleasure. So guys, thank you so much for joining us today. I personally learned a lot. All these ladies are so smart and it's been a joy and a pleasure actually uh, to to have this podcast during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, it has. It's been yeah. a, a big joy. A it's been a huge gift. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, some of the lessons learned were um, when you when you're under chaos, it requires reaction, but not to be reactionary. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of talk about how uh, we've had this newfound prioritization and how yes. we need to say no to say yes to the things that matter most. Don't wait uh, for what's important, and don't be apologetic for wanting mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And also take advantage of opportunities when they're presented to you. Getting on the phones, right? When there's mm-hmm. when something bad happens, get on the phone. That usually solves everything. And um, I like this last one. Don't don't sleep in. Yeah. Yeah. And that was Michael's, right? Not Aiden's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Michael's. Don't, that was don't Michael. sleep in because we've talked about it on this show before. Having a powerful morning routine that yes. sets you up for success um, for your day, for your week, and in life. So thank Absolutely. you guys for joining us on another episode of Empire. Uh, building, and we hope you'll join us next time. Bye bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Empire Building. If you like what you heard, join our tribe by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and help us spread the word by leaving a five star rating and review. Until next time, wishing you a life worth living, and remember, you are an empire builder. <laughs>